you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, April 6th, and we have another episode for you today. Thanks for stopping in, no matter how you are watching slash listening. Uh, we are on YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Prime Video. It's where you can watch the show, and then you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course, Amazon Music. So however you're getting here today, we appreciate it, and we have a lot to go over. So we're yes, going to start with yes, sir, we do. your rant like normal. Um, it, I think the biggest thing right now is the NFL free agency. And it's crazy because yeah. it's the league that's in the off season, but yeah. they are still holding, I would say, the majority of attention, uh, especially with some of these big-name quarterbacks that are looking to move around. So that's what we're going to start talking with and Lamar. Uh, we'll have hits and misses to close out the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to go over our top prospects. So kind of like a mock draft, not exactly a mock draft. That was like a week or two ago. Go back and listen if you haven't. Um, it was pretty good. But that, was, we're that, gonna... was like, that was like our fake mock draft. And then, yeah. our other, and then our like real mock draft, kind of predicting what will happen. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. What would we say? Like about two weeks from two weeks from today, if you're listening on Thursday. Yes, okay. about two weeks uh, will be our real mock draft. But we'll have our top prospects there to start the second segment. In. Uh, We'll have the news to close out the second segment. And then into the third, we're going to talk about the MLB a little bit. Rule changes, how it's affecting the game, what we think about it, and uh, how the season has looked so far. So we'll be pretty good. Kind of touch all the bases there uh, on the the big things, all the big stories in the NFL, get some prospect stuff, a little college football in that, and then you you get into some baseball to close it out. So it'll be good. A nice nice well-rounded show, if you will. We like Um, that. So let's start here. It always baffles me when when smart people, smart organizations, smart businesses – suddenly become, like, unsmart, right? Like, all these people in power in the NFL, you might not agree with them 100%, but let's be real. They're, they're smart people. They've worked their way up. Those are, those are that, that's a top 1% job in, in the country, right? So, but some are smarter than others, and they start to separate a little bit, right? They, they, you, you can tell the difference. The Chiefs, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, that ownership, I mean, that, that's just different, right? So you start to see, you know, the, the, the water and the oil separate a little bit. And it baffles me. Some of the organizations that just still don't get it. They just don't get it. And they're not able to understand the trend of the NFL over the last, I, I don't know, I would say like basically ever, but especially in the last 20 years. And it's a very obvious and it's a very clear trend. You need to have a really, really above average quarterback or a great quarterback. That's it. Anything above average or up. That's it. To consistently win. Super Bowls, playoff games, conference championships, etc. Like, people will be like, oh, what about Trent Dilfer with the Ravens or Joe Flacco, right? Sure, there are some instances where you can move with an average quarterback. Absolutely. But those were still average quarterbacks. It's not like those were C-minus quarterbacks. Those were still B-minus to B-plus quarterbacks in their prime. Joe Flacco could spin it, dude. He was like 6'7", big arm, not mobile, but could move within the pocket. Well, he's not good now, obviously, but, I mean, average quarterback anyway. But to, to win consistently, to be in the playoffs perennially, to, to, to consistently compete for conference championships year in and year out, division championships every year, to be at that level, which is what everybody's trying to get to, right, let's be real, you have to have at least an above-average quarterback, ideally great, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow. 
That's, that's what you're looking for. Yet, for some reason, I'm seeing NFL franchises not understand this. Two of them in specific. One with a coach on the hot seat in Washington, which I don't... I, I can't explain Washington to save my life. And one that has been awful for most of the last 15 years, aside from one year where Matt Ryan somehow became MVP, they got the Super Bowl, and then they blew that in the most Atlanta Falcons way possible, 28-3. So even their best year in the last 15, 20-ish years has still been a disappointment in a sense. In a sense. I just don't get it. So you're going to take a, like a, a maybe prospect over like a Lamar Jackson? I'm not even saying I love what Lamar's become. Kind of noisy, not available late in the year. He wants fully guaranteed money, mom's an agent. I, like it's all a little chaotic for me. But to say... Nah, it's good. We'll just roll the dice with a college guy either this year or next year. Really? Like, I love Caleb Williams and Drake May. But if they won an MVP in their NFL career, that would be an anomaly, right? The amount of quarterbacks that come into the NFL and win an MVP, the percentage is just so ungodly small. And you're going to bet on on one of those guys to be that caliber of player when Lamar Jackson is already that caliber of player? Like, I get it. They are great prospects. Even if you like Bryce Young, he's a great prospect. But do we really think at their high end they're going to be Lamar? Maybe, maybe one of those three probably will. One. Are you really going to roll the dice on that? You're going to roll the dice? Yeah, we have a 33% chance that one of these kids hits. And we might not even get one of them. We might not be bad enough to do it. Because we're in the NFC, so even with Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, we're probably going to go win, I don't know, Six or seven games. Same thing with Atlanta with whoever they're going to start. Is it probably Heineke, right? You're really going to roll the dice with that? You're going to roll the dice with Sam Howell? Like, really? He's not even worth a look? Lamar's not worth a look? Because they both taken themselves out of the running completely. They said, oh, we want no parts of it. Not even worth a discussion. A guy who's gotten better almost every year. Already won an MVP. One of the fastest players in football. Definitely the fastest at the most important position. Can still the ball? Can still throw the ball plenty good enough. Let's be real. He's still fine from the pocket. Like the same thing goes with the Daniel Jones situation. Like really, in the division with Jalen Hurts, you're gonna roll with Daniel Jones? Or you see like Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, and you're gonna pay forty million for Daniel Jones? Like they just don't get the urgency at quarterback. I mean, just look at Mahomes. His worst statistical career: four thousand yards, twenty-eight total touchdowns, only five turnovers, hundred and five pass rating, two hundred eighty-eight yards per game. Oh, by the way, he won the Super Bowl over, that's right, Tom Brady. I'm sorry, not Tom Brady. Over San Francisco with a loaded roster. Lost Tom Brady. Even then, still had an insane year. You want to call that a down year? Go look at those stats over Daniel Jones. How about Daniel Jones' best season? 22 total touchdowns. 3,200 yards. Still five picks, but had six fumbles on top of that, so he had 11 turnovers. A 92 pass rating and 200 yards per game. That's his best season. And what did he do? He won one playoff game and then got undressed in his second one. Like, can we, can we cut the shit? Like, we, like, wake up. You have to be special quarterback, period. You're going to go pay $40 million for mediocre? Fine by me. Go. Go be, go be mediocre for the next four years. Right? You're really going to dro- roll with Taylor Heineke or, or Sam Howell or roll the dice on a college guy? Or you just go get an MVP? And like I said, I don't even fully agree with Lamar's, what Lamar's asking for and what he's been over the last year or two. But to the ignorance in saying that you're just going to roll with the college guy or with a guy who's been in the league but we know isn't special, or you go get a dynamic playmaker quarterback. I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you know. It's, a, it's an obvious trend. Like, it's 
so clear as day, and I just don't get it. And if you don't get it, you get left behind. You're going to be blockbuster while everybody else is Netflix. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, wake up. Wake up. It's right there in front of them. It's right there. And I'm not 100% sold that the entire New York Giants fan base isn't just, like, in some sort of delusion. Like, they're, they're living in some sort of alternate reality. We... I don't think we could have timed the this or that with Daniel Jones better than doing it last week because we had so much pushback. Yeah, so did. much pushback. It's like, first of all, I didn't realize there were that many New York Giants fans. I, I didn't know. realize that many of them existed, let alone would come and, and, and fight Jones. and sub, yeah, back Daniel Jones to that length. Um, Doesn't make any sense. He's not a good quarterback. Well, he, he's a decently, he's, okay. he's a fine quarterback, but he's not worth shelling out very, forty million dollars for. It's very C plus to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. C I don't plus get is it. C plus is uh, that might be a little bit of uh, on his like good days, you know. I, I I don't understand it. I'll tell you what I do understand um, is the Patriots. That's hit number one here. Let's go with hits and misses. Like I said here, hit number one. <clears throat> I I said for what probably about two years now. We both said it. Belichick and the Patriot, the Patriot way, you know, in quotation marks, it's just archaic, and, it, and and quite simply, it's not good enough to win in this day and age without a star quarterback like Brady was. It's been significantly be downgraded, real. yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, they report out now that he's unhad with Mac Jones, uh, you know, getting help from another coach outside the organization, um, you know, trying to better the abysmal offense that he set up. I mean, you put a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach as the guys to, to coach offense. Let, let that, that, that's just such a joke. I'm just so I'm so disinterested with New England anymore. To be honest, if I if we didn't talk New England again, I don't think I'd care, to be honest. I'm just so uninterested in how annoying and arrogant and just not successful this team has been over the last three to four years. It's just uninteresting. I find it not not very likable. I, I don't care for this team whatsoever. We are exactly right on the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick's been getting on my nerves a little bit, especially oh, when it comes to this. Um, you know, he demi- when I read this headline, he said to the reporter that he was frustrated that there was a lack of loyalty, right? He demands loyalty from all of his players, yeah. but yet he refuses to give any loyalty back. He won't back. give any back. Um, no. It comes down to little things like that. You have to give as you want to receive. Uh, you can't ask somebody to be loyal to you and then not be loyal to them. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you can't ask players to be completely open with you and then you not be open with anybody in the media or anybody that asks you a question. It's just the level of hypocrisy from Belichick. I think that toxicity is starting to spread to the rest of the organization. It's not good, and we kind of predicted it, so that's hit number one here. Miss number one. Before the you know the Cardinals signed Kyler Murray, I said they have some decent you know they're going in a decent direction, right? D Hop was still on the rise. Kyler was fantastic, getting better every year. Uh, you know, Cliff seemed innovative, clever, kind of young guy can relate yeah. to the players. JJ Watt was playing well, even though he was aging. Uh, now, just like a year or so removed from that, I think it might be a bottom five roster. They fall. I don't apart. know what they do at quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if they move off Kyler next year if they're bad enough to be in the. You know, sweepstakes for Caleb Williams, Drake May. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved off Kyler. It's They've gone from, you know, playoffs, really good season. Kyler was MVP candidate for the first, you know, eight weeks of the season. And now it's just, it's down the drain. It's not a good, it's not a good franchise. The, the report's out that the owner is getting alleged, uh, you know, allegations of misconduct in the workplace. It's just not good. Yeah, and that was a team that 
even in a pretty tough for the NFC, they're yeah. in a pretty tough division, and yeah, they've, they've NFC competed West was well. Good. They've competed well in the last couple of years, and it has just been every year a level down, every year a level down, yeah. and then I think this is just part of that noise that adds to a downfall. Like this feels like the beginnings of what happened to Atlanta, the yeah. beginnings of what happened in Carolina. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Kind of feels a lot like. I mean, I mean, kind of like the Rams, where it's like really, really good. Couple injuries here, couple guys retire. You know, a couple guys get traded. Next thing you know, they're bad. Like they're just not a good team. Just straight up, not awful, for some different horrendous reasons. Horrendous football yeah. team. Hit number two here. So be very, very careful. Uh, you know, going back to the Rams, be very, very careful about bringing the whole band back. Right? People love to win Super Bowls. They're just gonna pay everybody, bring everybody back. Yeah. Like Philly, the first time when they won with Nick Foles, did this. Next thing you know, they're tearing it down. Uh, the Rams had some aging pieces, some guys, you know, I didn't really want to pay a ton of money to. I said I'd trade Jalen Ramsey. Well, they did. And they're kind of finally realizing that, hey, we need to move on from some guys that, you know, we didn't think we would have to. Uh, Ramsey, you know, Bobby Wagner's already, you know, already out of the building. Maybe you part with Allen Robinson. That that piece didn't work out, you know, like you thought it would. So they're starting to pivot now. But I, I said, don't bring the entire band back together. They did. They paid for it. We saw an example of that with uh, the Buccaneers, too. After that, that, that Super Bowl yeah. year with Brady. Yeah. Um, brought everybody back. Paid everybody. Did not look the same. Everybody they, partied all summer, yeah. Did not look the same. Nope. All right, miss number two here. Uh, I hated the pitch clock idea, but I have to say so far, I, I kind of like it. The games have a little bit more urgency. They kind of they move at a more comfortable pace, a more viewer-friendly pace. Um, I still think the amount of games is, is the main problem. And the MLB, MLB, not the length of the individual game. Um, but nonetheless, the pitch clock, I would say so far, it, it, you know, it's only been what, five games for most teams, uh, has been a bit of a success. So, you know, I, I was kind of wrong there. I don't love it. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not as it's not as big as a disaster as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Uh, the only times that I really, you know question it is when somebody gets buzzed like 98 high and in yeah, and then, and then they have to be right, right back in the box yeah, no, I'm good. Um, I think that's a bit ridiculous maybe there should be some sort of like rule put in place there that like if there's a wild pitch that comes at your face you that you can maybe you take an extra 10 seconds before that clock starts again I would tend to agree um, but uh, other than that it hasn't been horrible yeah the innings go a little quicker game has definitely sped up a little bit but there are some bigger problems that I don't think the MLB correctly addressed you know I agree and we'll get to that a little bit more of that later but I will say I like the no shift. I mean, there's just there's been more activity. I, okay, like, yeah, I want activity. Did you see the outfield shift though that they've yeah, been running? Yeah, they put an outfield like yeah. put an outfield. They just move the right fielder way up. So I mean, no infield shift that does fix some things, but I mean, you can still shift around your outfield yeah, a little bit. But then that requires your outfielder. Like I watched the game, the outfielder was shifting. That requires your right fielder to field a ground ball and make a throw to first, which they don't do. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw a guy comes to the field, it makes I, I guess not an error because he's an outfielder. You know, bobbles it, knocks it down, like doesn't make a clean play. So the guy's yeah. safe anyway. I mean, so. they're not middle infielders, or right, right. They're not. They're not trained in. You know, they're not balls. a Manny match over there at third maybe, base. Maybe they'll start. They'll start hitting ground balls to the outfield. Maybe they throw out the first. Maybe that's a new thing. If we see somebody get hosed from left field this year. I'll lose my mind. <laughs> I can't. I, I actually kind of hope it happens. Hit number three here. Uh, I had a rant kind of talking about the market dictates what you're worth, right? With the Aaron Rodgers thing, with the Lamar Jackson thing. Uh, report out this week that if Mahomes was in Lamar's shoes, quote, he'd have 30 offer sheets. I said the market is your measuring stick. Let's be real here. If Mahomes on the market, he would get, even if he was asking fully guaranteed, he'd get 31 teams signing up to give him, th- maybe Burrow and Herbert. Either way, he'd have 25-plus offer sheets all fully guaranteed. 
as long as he wants, whatever concessions he wants in that contract would not matter. Would not matter. Because he's a generational talent. Exactly. Exactly. So the market's going to tell you what you're worth. And I'm not saying Lamar's not worth anything. He's worth a good amount of money. But he's not worth what he's asking for. Not fully guaranteed. Nope. And get a new agent, man. Get an agent. Just get any agent. Yeah. Just get an actual real agent. Somebody other sure than the person that gave great. birth to you. It's his stepmom, so right. kind of. Right. Theoretically. This step gave birth to you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, like I just, it, just be, I hate to use this term, but can we just be normal? There's some things that you just be normal in. Professional. Life. Be professional. Like, there's just some things that you just do. You just try to be the most the normal thing. you can. You're applying for a job. Would you even put your, would you put your mom, stepmom, anybody on your reference sheet? That's no. related to you? No. Then why would they... They tell you specifically <laughs> to not do that. Yeah. Know? It just doesn't make sense to me. All right, miss number three here. I, I kind of mostly expected the Angels, you know, last year and this year, to, to be pretty productive. I mean, Trout, Otani. I like the signing of Anthony Rendon when they made it. Uh, and I expected him to be productive. But they just disappoint year in and year out, game in and game out. Rendon had a bad year last year. He's already in trouble. He swung at a fan in Oakland. So he's spent for that. like 10 games. Yeah. I mean, good God. The Angels are kind of like the Jets of New York. Or, well, I guess of L.A. Yeah. Like, just, just an embarrassment, really. Um, or, like, or like what the Clippers are to the Lakers in L.A., historically. Yeah. Like, just a little brother. Like, a total little brother. I see that. Yeah, 100%. I see that. Uh, when I saw that video of uh, Rendon with the fan, like, dude, you're a professional like, baseball player. What are you doing, player. man? You, you are doing? a pro baseball player. I just... I'm not You're gonna try to guy, fight a fan? I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve to get punched. Like maybe he did, but like, there's, Dude, you gotta have there's different skin. standards for for different people. You are a professional. I know athlete. people. Nobody likes to talk about that, but there's different standards for different people. He's a professional athlete making a, a ton of money. There are things you, you have to put up. There's a different with. standard. Sorry, people are gonna talk. Right shit or wrong, at your games. there's a different standard. People are gonna talk shit at your game. Of games. course they are. They're gonna say things to you. Me, I'm gonna say things to As you as well. Come <laughs> to PNC Park. I'm gonna say that, that, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I mean, nothing that crossed the line, but I'm gonna chirp. People chirp. Right here before we finish this this first segment, though. How pumped are you for opening day? I'm pretty excited. Yeah? I'm pretty excited. What is that? That's tomorrow, then. Friday, that's yeah. tomorrow, yeah. I am... Yeah, I'm over, I'm over the moon. You're going to be in the cut return shirt? I might. We'll see. Dude. We'll see. Depending on the temp, maybe. Maybe. McCutch is indeed returning. If not, you got to go get yourself the bad day if to be they're doing, Wear if that If they're one. doing... Oh, there better be a tribute video. There has to be a tribute video, right? There's going to be, yeah. There's got to be. Let alone, it's the there's first, gotta be. It's the first home game of the season, so there's already going to be like a little bit more. I would say. Oh, there's going like to be some buzz. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, especially with the return of Kutch. I mean, dude, that's what the that's what the Pirates built their He's, entire season around this yeah. year. That's how they're selling tickets for opening day. It's not a bad marketing strategy, I must say. It isn't. No. All right, that's it and misses, guys. Uh, thanks for stopping into the first segment here. Don't go anywhere because we have our top thirty prospects in the NFL draft. A lot of people do a top thirty. That's a big, you know, a big number in the NFL prospect world. Uh, the mock draft will come out two weeks from today if you're listening on Thursday when we release the episode. Mock draft comes out two weeks from today, so this is kind of like a little prequel to that. Hey, this is wh- who we value. These are our top just prospects. Again, this might not line up. It's not going to line up perfectly like, oh, this prospect is going to go one, two, three. This is just these are the best prospects. Depends on team's needs for the actual draft itself. But uh, we'll go through the top 30 prospects, so don't go anywhere. All right, second segment, the issue, Thursday the 6th. It's finally April. Feels pretty good. Um, Feels fantastic. A couple days starting to the feel, 70s. Starting to feel like, you know, late spring, summer-ish, even though we are just 
early spring yet, but it's starting to feel fantastic outside. Wore shorts for the first time the other day. We love a good shorts day. Yeah. Not a huge shorts guy, so when you know, it's got to be pretty warm for me to want to wear shorts. When the opportunity presents itself. Big fan. Big fan when the opportunity presents itself. Either way, however you guys are joining us, thank you for listening. Um, episode 180. How yeah. about it? 180 about episodes. It? 180 episodes. We appreciate it if you, you know, have watched. Let's go with the majority of it because I think it's pretty unrealistic to say everybody's listened to all 180. So if there um, is one, if there is though, like, comment, let us know. Yeah. yeah, let us know. We'll get you on the show. Yeah, at this point, that'd be savage. Um, uh, that'd be kind of crazy. <clears throat> no, yeah, we haven't had a, a Tim's weather report in a while. Wow, that felt good. Warm. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. I mean, for for yeah, episode we used to have 180, it, yeah. might as well yeah. bring it back for a second. We used to, you know? we used to have it. Um, but no, we're going to have a little uh, top 30 NFL prospect list here. Yeah, that'll to start be good. the second segment, then we'll have some news. Third segment, we'll talk a little bit about MLB, new pitch clock, new rules. How's it going so far through about the first week-ish? Yeah, I mean, it'll be good. The, the rest of the show, I, we said it in the beginning, it's going to be a very well-rounded show. Yeah. You're getting what you're paying for here. 100%. Um, so... No, yeah, this one will be good. So let's go. Um, so top thirty prospects. Yep. Uh, going into the NFL draft, the draft is quickly approaching. We're going to give you the top thirty guys who should be on most draft boards and who we expect really to go the first thirty. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So let's go. Let's do it. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and read all thirty. Uh, if you're just listening, go to the the issue Instagram, the underscore issue podcast. You can check out the full list. If you're watching, you can see it on the screen now. I'll run through it one time for those just listening, uh, and then we'll go back. We'll talk about them. So we'll start at 30, BJ Ojolari. Uh, number 29, Hendon Hooker. 28, Cam Smith. Number 27, Jordan Addison. 26, Broderick Jones. 25, Quentin Johnson. Miles Murphy at 24. Jameer Gibbs at 23. Dalton Kincaid at 22. Kalijah Kansi at 21. Brian Breesty, 20. Lucas Van Ness at 19. Zay Flowers and Brian Branch at 18 and 17, respectfully. Darnell Wright at 16. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 15. Nolan Smith and Michael Mayer at 14 and 13. Uh, number 12, Joey Porter. 11, Devin Witherspoon. Peter Skaronsky comes in at 10. Bijan Robinson at 9. Will Levis at 8. Number seven, Davis, uh, Tyree Wilson. I don't know how I got Davis. Maybe I was thinking of that Mr. G30 from... Uh, uh, yeah. Davis. Okay, anyway, number six, <laughs> Christian Gonzalez. Number five, Paris Johnson. Number four, C.J. Stroud. Three, Will Anderson. Two, Jalen Carter. And number one, of course, the Bryce Young. So that's the list. Again, if you're just listening, that way you can kind of, you know, have an idea of, of the, the whole list itself. Mentally picture. Um, yeah. Again, if you're watching, you can see it on the screen. Now we'll leave it up the whole time. If you're just listening, go to the Instagram, check it out. So let's start with number 29. That's something that I feel like we should probably talk about is Hendon Hooker because you're going to notice one of the snubs, well, a lot of people would say a snub, would be Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. Yeah. I then elected for another SEC quarterback in Hendon Hooker, right? So I get a lot of the same qualities. We don't have quite the speed and the mobility of an Anthony Richardson, but we have a significantly more polished passer. Um, he's still a big, strong athlete. can stand in the pocket. He's every bit of what? 6'4"? I'll look up right now. I think he's every bit of 6'4". Big athlete that can stand in there and make all the throws down the field. Yeah. Um, okay, 6'3". So, I mean, but he seems taller than 6'3". I'm going to go with 6'4". The 6'4 in cleats. Let's go 6'4 in cleats. <laughs> but either way. Uh, big, strong athlete, can make all the throws on the field. And I know there's question about his injury, but he's not reliant on his mobility. He's much more of a pocket quarterback. Um, I do think he's very dependent on where he lands, right? So he's probably, although I have him at 29, he's more closer to 50 on a lot of big boards. So he's probably more of a second, third round pick. Yeah. 
depending on necessity, but look at teams that could get him second, third round. So I've been banging on like Washington and Atlanta. Well, maybe they're sitting there and they said, we love Hendon Hooker. We can go get him in the second round. Totally get that. I would support the decision. I think it'd be a steal in the second round. Um, again, look what works in the NFL. We, we could sit here and talk about mobility all day long. I know Lamar can run. I know Jalen Hurts can run. To consistently win Super Bowls and to consistently be in contention for Super Bowls, divisions, conference titles, you have to be able to accurately and precisely distribute the football from the pocket, point yeah. blank. Yeah. Point blank. You just have to. Um, hey, one of the biggest, like, telltale signs for Hendon Hooker is that look what happened when he got injured. That team plummeted. Plummeted, yeah. Uh, so what even close. It, it was very apparent on the value, right? We say a lot yeah. of the times, if you want to see somebody's value, take them away and see what happens when they're gone. Right. Um, so when he got hurt, I think it was very apparent that he is, uh, I would say, I would say like probably 60 to 70% of the reason why they were as good as they were at Tennessee this last year. Right. Um, and I mean, you can make a case for him into the NFL. I don't think he's – I mean, he's maybe the fourth-best quarterback. And the Anthony Richardson thing yeah, is close. close. Yeah, it'd be close. close. But he's yeah. either the third or the fourth-best – or no, the fourth or the fifth-best Fourth best or fifth-best quarterback. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, again, I'll take him because he's a better thrower of the football. Number 25, Quinton Johnson. A lot of people think I have him too low. A lot of draft boards have him closer to 10 to 15. Um, I know he's got a big, you know, big frame, big catch radius. Uh, I don't see the separation ability. I don't see the route running uh, that I think you need at the NFL level. Um, like, I'd much rather... Now, it's close to toss-up between him and Jordan Addison, but depending on my offensive scheme and depending on my need, I'd probably rather have Jordan Addison. I have Johnson Johnston slightly higher because he is bigger. He projects a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so if he can, maybe you shave 10 and add a little bit of speed, right? That's certainly possible. If so, I like him a lot better, so that's why he projects better. He's two slots higher than Jordan Addison. But if I need a route runner and a separator, I'm going Jordan Addison. I'm going Jackson Smith and Jay Bazay Flowers. Yeah. He doesn't have that wow separation, right? Think of guys that have come out big frame but don't really separate. Claypool, he's a fine number two to a number three. Uh, Michael Pittman, on a championship team, probably a two. For Indy, he's a one. He's probably a two on a championship team, right? Yeah. Like, to be special, you got to separate. And You yeah. have to. Look at the look at the... I guess the type of receivers that are the best in the league right now. Yep. Stephon Diggs, nasty route runner. Cooper Cup, Cooper always Cup. open. Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill can get away from anybody. Go through the top, what, eight to ten receivers in the league. They all have amazing route running ability, elite, and they can all separate. Elite separation. Yeah, yeah, I would agree, and I don't think he has that. <clears throat> Number 21, pit guy, Kalijah Kansi. We've Look, talked about him a couple of times. He's got the same combine as Aaron Donald. He's got better combine I numbers. Know, I know not everything's combine. He's got better combine numbers, But though. you talk about, right, so Sean Payton said, you know, top 10 picks. Let's just stick with prototypes, right? He said that on, on the herd one time, talking about quarterbacks and size, right? Tua was undersized. Kyle was undersized. We've seen how that's kind of worked out. Not awful, but not quite like you'd like. Um, so Definitely draft, draft like. prototypes, right? Big, strong, athletic, right? Kalijah Kansi is your prototype for interior defensive lineman now, right? Yeah. A lot of speed, gets in the backfield, can rush the passer along with, just stop the run, right? He's not a big Casey Hampton in the middle, right? He's going to get after the passer. He's athletic. Look, the running game nowadays is not let's just line it up and run straight at you. It's a lot of zones, a lot of outside runs, stretching the defense, trying to find those cutback lanes. When you have speed, horizontal speed down the line, you can be a great run stopper and a fantastic pass rusher. I think Kansi brings both. Well, think about how quick he is. Dude, he might take a handoff. <laughs> like, he could. He very well like, could. Um, and I think it's 
look, there are measurables that aren't found everywhere. And when you yeah. find somebody of that size, of that stature, that puts up numbers speed-wise like that and agility-wise yeah. like that yeah. and has a vertical like that. Which still is pretty strong. Dude, you don't find that everywhere. Yeah. He's going to be fantastic I, in the I NFL. agree. Fantastic. I agree. At a very important position, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number 14, Nolan Smith from Georgia, the edge rusher. Another great position. So first of all, edge rusher, yeah, super valuable, and that, that plays a factor here. Um, the speed is just unbelievable. So he's more of like a like a TJ Watt type build, more than like a Miles Garrett. Right? He's a little bit more slender, a little bit speedier, if you will. Uh, we've seen that's what's kind of worked in the NFL, right? Uh, especially on the edge, right? Him, uh, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree's another one, yeah. big speed guy, right? Yeah. So uh, I think Nolan Smith kind of fits that prototype, and I also think he's got plenty of frame to grow into, right? I think if he gets in an NFL weight room, he could easily add 15 pounds and be a really, really solid NFL player in, in like a year or two. And having a staple guy at that uh, edge rusher position, yeah. that can make a, a decent sell, uh, secondary look really good. Yeah. It can make him look really good. I mean, yeah. we've seen what TJ Watt and the Bud Dupree uh, pair did for the Steelers there for a 100%. while. Even TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. It doesn't matter when you have a guy on the edge like that. Yeah, it's your a game safeties changer. aren't. Uh, they're not getting winded covering for you know seven eight seconds downfield. Yeah, I will say the only reason he's probably not a little bit higher is because of the size, right? If he doesn't go somewhere with another complimentary pass rusher, at least another like B to B plus pass rusher, uh, he's going to get chipped a lot, right? So if you have another pass rusher, you can you can't always chip Smith. If he's your only good pass rusher, you could chip him, which is a problem for a slightly undersized guy if he doesn't put on a little bit of frames. That's why he's not a liar. Uh, number nine, running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I think he's not quite a Saquon Saquon level prospect at running back, but damn, he breaks tackles. But I think he's a game changer. He I think he's an absolute tackles. game changer. If he goes to the right, if he goes to like a Buffalo late in the first round, or uh, maybe even like a Dallas to complement with Tony Pollard. Mm he is going to light it up. Like, to me, he he feels not quite a 1,000-1,000 guy like McCaffrey did, 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. Could he be a 1,700 receiving? I think he 100% can first year in the league. He is he, – he's so slippery. Like, he is. He, once, he gets to, once he gets to the linebackers and once he gets to the DBs, it's really hard to bring a guy like that down. Yeah. Because not only can he – Leave your ankles on the 35 while he just gallops about 70 to 80 yards. He'll run you over them. But he will put his shoulder down, put it right into the crown of your helmet, and leave you in the turf. For sure. For sure. Number six, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, DB from, I want to say Oregon. Let me double check. I want to say Oregon. Either way, long athletic corner. Kind of reminds me of a slightly better version of Joey Porter Jr. Uh, he's not quite as long. Um but he's like 6'1", 200 pounds, so he's got some decent size on him. Runs really, really well for his size, so I think he's going to be a really nice corner. Um, kind of, I don't want to say Richard Sherman because he's not as long as him, but he's got a lot of the same ball hawk attributes yeah. uh, as Sherman, so I, I think Gonzalez at 6 makes sense. I mean, I like that. Let's go number 5, Paris Johnson, big left tackle from Ohio State. Reminds me a ton of, uh, of like a Tyron Smith who just coming out, you're like, that dude's a freak of nature. Like he's six six, two or three fifty, massive arms, really strong. Like just a big dude. And probably the most important position to protect a franchise and to be quarterback big is left tackle. Like yeah. that—that's exactly the body you want. Well, and you need a left tackle if you have a guy at quarterback that you want to build around and that you plan on having uh, play quarterback for you for an extended period of time. I would go get them like a really really good left tackle, and I think he solves that need. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And to, to finish it off, we got to talk about the number one guy, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I think he's the most refined player in the draft. Um, I think he's the most 
He's one of the most special throwers of the football we've seen in in a long in about five to ten years. Now that doesn't mean he's the best, but what he's able to do arm slot off platform, the shiftiness in the pocket, and able to th- have a quick trigger. Uh, it's just effortless throwing. Like, does, it almost reminds me of Kyler a little bit. It's just effortless. It does, just spins now, so does well. Does the size bother you? Because you oh, brought up Kyler. I mean, we've seen what's happened. The, the yeah. Undersized quarterbacks don't normally work that well. No, I, I do think it's a problem. But I think the it's a big pros and cons game. And I think the, the, the pros outweigh the cons in terms of a, of a prospect. Yeah. Um, I just He's just such a special talent with the ball in his hands. I don't know. Maybe, maybe injuries become a problem. I don't really know. I don't know, but it's it's tough. Like his but he's size. such a special player. I know it, it, he's so good. If he could, if he just was like four or five inches taller, not even. Give me, give me, give me, yeah, four. Give me four. Give me four inches taller. Give me thirty-five to forty more pounds. I'd love it. I'd love it. He'd be a slam dunk Trevor Lawrence type prospect. He would be. That's the list, guys. There it is. You can still see it on the screen. You want to run back all, through all 30 again? <laughs> no, not really, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Uh, go, go check, check out the list on, on uh, yeah, the underscore issue podcast on Instagram. You find right. that whole list. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get it right into uh, get right into some news. I, I never thought we'd see the day uh, that I would actually talk women's college basketball. But I got to say, Caitlin Clark from Iowa she got me interested. She got me invested. When you're taking 26-foot jumpers, like that's like three feet past the NBA line. Yeah. She's a college, women's college basketball player. That just doesn't happen. There's not, not something that happens. I was invested. I was interested. But either way, unfortunately, they lost to LSU in the championship. Uh, I don't know if you saw like everybody freaking out about the uh, LSU player with the celebration, like taunting Kaylin Clark. Yeah. I thought it was a little over the top, a little classless. But when you win, doesn't really matter. I'm not super bothered by it. Not a fan of Angel Reese's, but is what it is. Um, but I, I, Caitlin Clark's season was just unbelievable. Like, I could not. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? You were actually the one that made me uh, watch the entire YouTube video. I think you put up like a 20 minute highlight. I don't regret it. You should have watched it. Um, yeah, but it, you introduced me to it a little bit. And then, uh, I mean, I've been hearing a lot how, you know, uh, women's college basketball, the ratings are way up They're this way year. Up, and I yeah. think she has most of everything to do with it. I've never tuned into more women's basketball games in my entire life than I did in the past month, the past season. That's fair enough. So She's pretty good. She is good. So it's like, she's really great for the sport. Like, I run... My dad, right, does not watch basketball. Every now and then, a little college hoops, especially around tournament time. Big Pitt college hoops fan. Yeah. Other than that, could not care less. I had this man scheduling his day around Caitlin Clark games after I showed him Caitlin Clark. Like, swear to God. Yeah. That's that's a selling point right there. Selling point. She she brings me to a television set. I'll watch if you're interesting. So, um, I might not love the sport. might not think it's the best product. But if you're interesting, I'll watch. And they, and they were certainly interesting. Again, unfortunately, they lose to LSU in the championship. Whatever. Uh, story number two here. We touched on it earlier. But Anthony Rendon suspended initially five games. It's been dropped to four uh, afterwards, he was going to appeal instead of just dragging it on. They just said, okay, we'll go four games, call it even. You don't appeal. Make it easy on everybody. So he's going to serve his four-game suspension. Uh, so he's, as mentioned earlier, really swung on a fan. Uh, the video is not very good. So he grabs a guy kind of like he's on the bottom, like concourse. The guy's like in the first row, reaches up, grabs him by like the collar of his shirt. Had some very Kind of pulls him down. Not the whole way down, but kind of well, yeah. pulls him like over the railing. Uh, gave him some profane words before finally like, Kind of swinging like a cat, you know. It doesn't like wasn't a full punch swing. It was, it was more, more like, like a, 
like a paw, like a cat with a ball of yarn type of paw, paw, yeah. paw. Hey, if it would have connected, he could have maybe got something there. I mean, it would have felt good if he connected, but I mean, either way, it wasn't like super malicious. Still not good. Either way, you cut yeah, it, Yeah, it still is not good. Yeah, it's not, it's You're, not preferred. I mean, do, do professional athletes do this? No. That, that is not... On average, I would say no, yeah. That is not something you do. As a professional baseball player, football player, basketball player, I don't care what sport you play. That's just like, dude, fans are going to talk shit. Fans are going to talk shit, deal with it. You're the one making millions of dollars. Why do you feel the need to go out of your way to fight some dude that probably works the fryer at a Dairy Queen? That's a chance. Just because he said some shit. I, I agree. I agree. It's stupid. Like I said, you're held to a higher standard. Live up to it. Sorry, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's the reality of it. Story number three here, hockey. Hockey fellas, I'm telling you what, they, they are they are not built the same as the rest of us. Matt Duchesne, uh, I want to say a forward. We'll go forward. I don't know hockey as much as I should. Let's go forward, Matt Duchesne. Anyway, Nashville Predators takes a slap shot to his hand. He's going to lose the tip of his finger, but is, like, fine with it. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a tip. Just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a tip. Come on now. Okay. Uh, no, he's going to lose the, the tip of his finger. I want to say it's like, I think it's like a, a ring finger or something like that. Either way. Could you imagine? No. <laughs> no. Can't get over just a tip? No. I uh, I couldn't imagine. Um, the other thing about hockey players, how they'll just casually, like Crosby, for example, took the puck to the face, right? A couple, what was that? That had to be five, six years ago now. Um, and you play like a week takes, later. Takes the puck to the face. Plays a week later after like full reconstructive surgery to like his jaw that was broken. Just had to wear like the mask over over the uh, helmet. Yeah. To like protect everything. Yeah. But dude, they are tough. Tough. Let's see. Just has a portion of one of his fingers. I want to know what finger. Damn it. What the hell finger is he gonna lose? Well, not the whole finger. Not though. the whole finger, but I want to know which finger he's losing the tip of. Like, think about looking at your hand. But, like, they're, like... You know what? I do this every time. These stupid ads. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to... Somebody in the comments... Is there a way I can block ads on this thing? Yeah, you buy YouTube Premium. This isn't even YouTube. I'm just on a news website. I'm on the article. All right, what... Oh, it is his ring finger. Aha! Left or right? Oh, man. <laughs> doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't get that far into it. It is his left. I'm sorry. The picture indicates he's favoring his left. Is he married? Wasn't wearing his ring. Dang, that's a tough one. Whatever. Okay, anyway, story <laughs> number four. This weekend, UFC 287 in Miami. Joe Rogan on the call. Joe, of course, Joe Rogan on the call. Uh, Alex Pajeda, Israel, Adesanya. What is it? That the third fight now? Uh, Pajeda has Izzy's number. Third fight in the UFC, like seventh all time. Pajeda's beat him every time, but is he's overall a better fighter, except for against Alex Pajeda, who's a, just an insane striker, mm-hmm. insane power. Uh, but is he's one of the best counter strikers. So can he use the aggressiveness of Pajeda against him? He's been trying to. Uh, I like Izzy. I think something's got to give. I think he's an overall better fighter, he's a better technical fighter yeah. than Pajeda, and that's taken nothing away from 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 Alex. He's an insane fighter, insane power. But I think Izzy, like, enough's enough. Like, I think he finally gets at him. Uh, Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal is also uh, a co-main in welterweight. I can't wait. And, and could the UFC, like, just go, like, spot by spot in the UFC? The fights are fantastic. 
the production overall fantastic you're telling me i get bruce buffer giving me an it's time every yeah. single time there's a main event yeah fantastic yeah. listen to that before an exam the other day guessed all the right answers pretty much would love to see it we just love to Gets see it. the boys hype absolutely better than that joe rogan on the call i'm not lying sometimes i watch even if it's a bad fight card which doesn't happen I'll really watch, all yeah. that often in the ufc yeah. but if joe rogan is on the call i will sit down and watch the entire thing yeah i watch the prelims when joe's on it yeah I don't really usually care about prelims, but, I mean, I will watch them if shows on the call. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, UFC is fantastic. We'll end it there. Awesome. Yeah, that's the end of a uh, little news segment here. The end of the second segment as well. Don't go anywhere. Third segment, we're going to kind of talk about MLB. Do we like the pitch clock? How's it going? No shift? All that. Uh, we'll kind of get more in-depth, a little debate, a little discussion-type segment uh, coming up in the third segment, so don't go anywhere. Ah, and into the third segment we go here on Thursday April 6th. It's been a, a pretty damn good episode so far, if I do say so myself. I would agree. And it's going to end on a pretty high note here. We got MLB to talk. Uh, all the rule changes, different things that have transpired this season, how they've affected it, what we think about it, and maybe offer up a couple pieces of advice to the good old Major League Baseball commissioner there, Rob Manfred. But uh, before you do anything, go to the website, thesusports.com. Check out the merch. I'm wearing one of the new hoodies, right? We've got Bad Day to Be a Beer on Bad Day to Be a Beer on the back. I'll throw up a graphic here. Uh, you can check out the whole thing. Also, link is in the description. So you can go check out our entire shop. Um, theissuesports.com and then while you're there check out the social medias subscribe to the newsletter it's right there on the homepage. fairly simple to find um, it was a pretty good one this week too yeah so yeah. go hit it up it comes out every single Wednesday yeah every Wednesday uh, no so we're just going to talk a little, a, little, a little bit of baseball right so they implemented the rule change pitch clock of course it's like 15 seconds with nobody on or 20 seconds with uh, no 10 with nobody on base 15 with somebody on base yeah I look. It, it's not affecting the game as much as I thought, right? It doesn't feel rushed. Now, I will say Machado gets ejected for arguing a pitch clock violation, resulting in a strikeout. That's not the goal. Our goal is to not take stars off the field. The goal is to increase viewership. The way to increase viewership and to increase urgency, you know, skill, home runs, right? All of it, offense, is to keep your stars on the field. So that that's. That's a little bit ridiculous. Now, I know you're going to have that, you know, just disputing any rule, really. You're going to have that occasionally, but already, like, that's just the goal is to, to keep the stars on the field and keep the stars producing and able to produce, right? Uh, base runners, two-run home runs instead of solo shots, right? Like, all this is going to increase viewership, increase interest in the game. Not throwing guys out for pitch clock, or, uh, yeah, like, pitch clock, hitter clock violations. Like, that's stupid. That's dumb. It's it takes away from like what baseball is meant to be. Right. I feel like. Right. Um, I hate when penalties or any type of officiating interferes with like what the game was made to be. That's what I thought would happen with the pitch clock. Like my my take on it is very in the middle right now. I I need to see more. Um, because let's be real, you're not exactly playing the most technical baseball at this point in the season. It's early on in the year. I mean, the MLB is always technical. It's a professional sport. It's a professional league. You're always going to play with some sort of, you know, strategy. But it's not to the level that it gets to right before the playoffs and into playoff baseball. I think no, it'll no. really affect it there. I would agree. Um, just because pitch to pitch, there's so much going on. I, I I would say, and people always push back, 
you can't change the rules from regular season to playoffs. Absolutely, you can. That's the dumbest they do it thing. in the NFL. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. NFL overtime is different. Stupid. NHL overtime. NHL overtime. You go to shootouts in the regular season. You don't in the playoffs. It's just overtime after overtime after like you one hundred percent can. Like that's that's a stupid idea that you can't. Um, so and and nobody cares. I'll sit down and watch for three and a half hours a playoff game. I will not on a Tuesday night. Like if you're goal is to create the best product for the best time that it's being shown. So regular season baseball, you're going to have Monday night games, Tuesday night games. Now, maybe Friday somebody wants to watch that long. But in the grand scheme of things during the regular season, nobody has time to watch 162 games that are three and a half hours. Or like a Wednesday day game that starts at 1. Yeah, on a Wednesday, like 3.20 first pitch. Come on now. Like, what are we doing? Um, Um, So, like, but for the playoffs, I will sit down and watch a three and a half, four hour game. I don't care. Because it's MLB playoff baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. So if you were to give a just one-sentence rundown, do you keep it, do you not, the pitch clock? What do you think about that, at least? Then we'll get into the next ones. I would keep it. I would keep I would keep it for the regular season for sure. I think it's helped. You know, I think it's going to keep helping pace of play. It does feel more, I don't want to say urgent, because the game doesn't matter any more than it always has. Uh, That's true. I mean, there's still 180 more, of them. There's just more... <laughs> going on there's just more movement more action yeah um not as much downtime right like you i used to be able to do things in between innings or like even like like if the if the pirates are batting right fold some laundry yeah if the pirates are like batting and i'm like ah like i gotta switch my laundry like you could do that while while they were like fielding or whatever like while the other team was hitting and you're like ah, i can miss that that's fine like i'll switch my laundry fold that one you know what i mean like you can't do that anymore like you it's moving really quick so i I kind of like it in a sense. I, yeah. I would say keep it, but for the playoffs, absolutely not. I agree. I agree. Um, I will say the last thing towards that, though. Uh, the, the video that MLB posted on Instagram. Stupid. Where it's the side-by-side with uh, how one pitch took as long as one inning now yeah, with that was the, the nice. new uh, pitch clock. That was cool. Um, that, that was kind of funny. But, okay, second thing. So, this one I don't feel like is as big of a deal, but the bases. The bases are bigger. How does that affect anything? See, I, I love that. I love that. That, that to me, is a slam dunk. You think so? Yeah, that's a couple inches on. Why? On, I mean, I, I don't know what if this is... What does it increase? Is, what is it? I mean, yes, it somewhat I don't decreases know. injuries, but those are already freak accidents. Yeah, yeah. So injuries is one thing, which, yeah, again, you're, you're not wrong. It's kind of a freak uh, injury. But I don't know if that's part of the pitch clock, part of all the new rules, but the, the steals are up. The amount of steals are up because technically you're like a couple inches closer to the bag. Now, does that play much of a factor? I don't know. But, I mean, it is a bang-bang play. Like, it can be decided by a couple inches sometimes. So, it's like, is that maybe the reason they're up? I don't know if it's just that or if it's all of them combined. But I think the purpose was was twofold. One, to increase, you know, safety for the players. And then also, two, to increase stealing and, like, activity on the bases. I think it's done both. So, I mean, that's – we like that. We like that. I like steals. I like the cat and mouse between catcher, runner. Right? I, I enjoy that. So, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see, like, much of a... I don't think there's a huge impact. I just get... Mm. I don't think there's a huge impact. I just don't think it matters that much. I mean, it's a couple no. inches here and there on the bag. So I it's th- not, like... It's not that significant in I my feel house. like that's the smallest of the three. Yeah, 100%. Uh, okay, last one. So, the shift. Shift is gone, at least in the infield. Now, we're seeing guys in the outfield move around. Uh, I don't think that matters as much. I don't think that like influences the game as much as the infield being completely shifted one yeah, way. No. Um, because, I mean, it's not exactly an easy thing to do to get the uh, barrel something up in the MLB and push it into the outfield. So, you know, 
You know, I agree. Ground balls are usually more prevalent, so the infield shift, I think, would make more of a difference. I've always been a supporter of the shift. Um, Interesting. As long as we've had this show, I think we've had this debate two or three times. Yeah. And every single time I say, if you're an MLB player, you should be able to directionally hit the baseball. It's something that you learn when you're 12 years old, playing AAU baseball. Um, Even how to hit an inside pitch to right field if you're a righty. uh, Or to left field as a lefty. You should be able to sit long enough and push the ball wherever you want. I mean, you do it every time on a hit and run. On a hit and run, that ball's supposed to be hit hard on the ground between first and second base. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Hit behind the runners. And, and yeah. it's something that every MLB player can do. So if you are a type of guy that hits to the left side of the infield nine out of ten times, well, that's kind of on you as the hitter. Like, you, if somebody's going to completely shift their defense to one side of the field, well, make them eat it. Sit back on it and push it to right. Or if you can't pull the ball, start your swing a little earlier, contact a little further, uh, further out than you normally would in front of the plate, and pull it. Like, you know how to pull a baseball. You know how to push a baseball if you're in the MLB. I Look, I don't think you're wrong. For maybe the sport's sake, like purist, just looking at it from a sport level, I would probably agree with you. But from a product level, I would think that the shift is going to help the product of professional baseball. I think at the end of the day, and the NFL is really good at this, is, yeah, it's a sport, but also, like, the only reason that we're able to do this for a living as a league, as players, as coaches, is because it's a product and we get paid for people to consume our product. So, like, it's great that it's a sport, and we do want to keep the mostly the sport the sport. But at the end of the day, like, we got billions of dollars on the line here because people are consuming our products. So we need to make it the best product within these guardrails that we've set for the sport. And I think I think the shift is within the guardrails, the acceptable guardrails for it's a, it's, a, it's a tweak, not a change in the sport that'll benefit the product. So I, I don't mind it. I mean, yeah, I, I, you don't really notice a huge difference in There's play. Not because yeah, it's not how often difference. does a shift really happen? You have a couple guys every One single One guy year. in order, maybe two guys in order. That's why I didn't mind Per it. nine. I, I feel like that, so just looking at the MLB as a whole now, so you have, out of three rule changes, I think one was effective. I think the base path, or the, the base being bigger doesn't really matter all that much. And I think... I think, the I think, sh- the no shift doesn't really matter all that much. It doesn't change too much. The, yeah. Really, the only thing that changed the was the pitch clock. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So did they focus on the right things? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it overhelped the game. Okay. All right. Hey, that's it, guys. That was a pretty Go good follow talk. the social medias. The underscore issue podcast on Instagram. And from there, the link tree's there. And you can find all the other ones because I don't remember off the top of my head. It's probably like the uh, issue underscore, just all one word. Whatever. You'll be able to find them all in the link tree. It's also in the description of this video. Go get some merch online. I mean, come on. Why would you not? Look at that sweatshirt. Beautiful. Beautiful. Go order it. Thank you very much for watching, listening, however you're viewing us. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. That was the issue.